You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, It's hour two on this Monday. Hour one flew by. Talking about what happened at the Academy Awards last night. I don't know if there was a sports parallel to what happened with Chris Rock. On stage last night and Will Smith came on stage and then slapped him. He didn't punch him. He slapped him. I've been to a lot of ESPYs. Nothing like that ever happened backstage. Now, Norm McDonald, the late Norm McDonald, did insult some people. And I thought that Ken Griffey Jr. might want to come on stage. And John Elway might want to come on stage. But they were in rows. So you'd have to go, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Will Smith is sitting sort of like in a couch cubicle area. And he's, he's the closest to the stage of all the celebrities. So it was basically three steps. He's on the stage right there in uh, Chris Rock's face. In case you missed it last night, this is what it sounded like. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked his s*** me. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your f- mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Oh, he was ready to go all in on Will and thought better of it because, hey, I'm still out here as a presenter. I got to have best documentary coming up here. First of all, the audience thinks it's part of the bit. This is a joke. But when Will drops a couple F-bombs, that's when everybody knows this is serious. But we didn't hear it at home. We had it muted, so it was dead silence, which sounds like, you know, it's five minutes. And then you realize that Will means business here. Even though he was laughing at the joke, and then he looked to his wife, and she wasn't laughing. And then all of a sudden he decides, now I'm going to defend her honor. And, uh, and that's where Chris Rock, in my mind, is thinking, so you're going to smack me? You, you could have smacked somebody else who was involved with your wife recently. And I guess we'll never know. Well, we might know. But maybe Chris is going to try to move on from this. But um, Fritzy did call for uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. <laughs> How awkward. I know. Yeah. Uh, yes. What is this uh, in? Uh, what does this pertain to? Uh, maybe the last night's Academy Awards. Yeah. Yes. Want to talk about their careers? Yes. Eden. Have we called for Jada? That's who I really want to oh, hear from. You know what? I didn't tell Todd to call Jada. Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight will join us in an hour from now. He was there for the festivities. You know, uh, Fritzy goes, "Hey, should we have Kevin Frazier on? He's in our bracket challenge. You know, we always have him on after the Academy Awards." I said, "Well." There's no real great picture, any drama there. But you know what? Let's have Kevin on. We always have him on, and he talks about the after parties. Lo and behold, we strike gold with (laughs) Kevin Frazier, who was there last night. And I'm going to guess he crossed paths with uh, Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock and Jada as well. So he'll join us coming up. As we always do every Monday, 
Best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. It is a showcase of the immortals on the grandest stage of them all. Don't miss the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history, streaming April 2nd and 3rd, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com. Sign up now. We say hello to those watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Also, those listening on iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio lineup, and our great radio affiliates around the country. Seton O'Connor, poll results from hour one, and are we staying with that? We put up uh, last hour who you got for Ooh. March Madness. Right now, Duke, 38% of the vote, followed by Kansas. Uh, North Carolina and Villanova basically splitting the rest. Okay. Yeah, you got some people who have the final four. They, uh, they, they went with the Blue Bloods there, got all four. And if you look at in the last 40 years, these schools have won 15 of those last uh, 40 uh, national championships here. Yes. You... It's almost like if you got rid of seeding and just picked on teams based on their reputation and their history, this is exactly who you would have come out with. All right, we'll get to your phone calls coming up. Uh, once Deshaun Watson's trade to Cleveland was made official, everybody knew Baker Mayfield's name in Cleveland was uh, up for grabs around the league. We don't know how long it's going to take, but it's an offseason that's been really fast-paced, and the Baker trade is taking some time. And a lot of this has to do with, did Baker play his hand? Did he talk himself out of Cleveland? Did he think he could get another job? And these other jobs were filled up. And is Cleveland asking too much? And, you know, I guess if you look at what any underperformed too, and he played in pain, but uh, the situation is bad for Bakers, you might think, because he'll make his salary no matter what happens this season. That's a little over $18 million. NFL teams could also play hardball with Cleveland until the Browns are forced to release him. I think if he wants to get a job, if the Browns cut him, then you're going to get that opportunity. But uh, Baker... Picking a landing spot, uh, probably not going to happen. And trying to get that long-term contract, going to be tougher as well. I was also very interested in what Deshaun Watson was going to do last Friday because you were either going to have a statement and maybe just talk football-related questions, take those. But he was up there and answered all the questions. And he stood in front of the, the media there in Cleveland as if he is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, he was asked why he used so many massage therapists. Uh, yeah, I can't get too far into detail because there's an ongoing investigation still. But I can say that with this now day and age, especially with my age group, social media is a big business part that, that goes into it. So that's, you know, a factor into it. All right. Vague on purpose. Uh, on his contract not affecting the decision to go to the Browns. I didn't know about the contract until I told my agent that I wanted to come and be a Cleveland Brown. That was secondary. That was after the fact that we spoke on the phone with A.B. and Kevin and and the Haslam family. That had nothing to do with me choosing the Cleveland Browns. Okay. The the report was that he had ruled out Cleveland. Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network said that he ruled out Cleveland, ruled out Carolina, didn't want to play in Cleveland in that weather. And then all of a sudden they gave an offer he couldn't refuse. But, you know, that's his word. He said that he didn't even know what the contract was. Also, that his first year he's making a little over a million dollars. And the speculation is, okay, you're going to be suspended. 
Therefore, they can only take away game checks from that million dollars, not your signing bonus, not anything else attached to it. And Seton said, I think other quarterbacks have done this and not been in trouble. So Seton did some research, and uh, he points out that this season coming up, Aaron Rodgers is going to earn a base salary of just over a million dollars. He had a signing bonus of $40 million, a workout bonus of $50,000. So this is you know, uh, a game plan to help with the salary cap. But I think the initial upfront reaction to Deshaun Watson is, well, of course he'll take a million dollars because that's all you're going to be able to take. If, if you're going to suspend him, that's where the game checks come out of. Uh, Deshaun Watson also had this to say about any regrets. I don't have any regrets. Um, like, like I said before, the things that, that are off the field right now that came up, you know, caught me by surprise because I never did anything that these people are, are alleging. And he doesn't have to address it again until we have some kind of finality to this. That if he settles, uh, if he doesn't settle, if he's found innocent, if these cases go away. But, you know, I give him credit that he stood up there and answered questions when if you said I was going to advise him, I would have been just read a statement, got an ongoing investigation out of respect to all involved in this. I don't want to talk about that. But I'll talk about the decision to come to Cleveland, or I'm excited about the Browns, uh, not playing for a year, whatever it might be. I'll talk football. But he, he left himself out there, and I thought he handled it pretty well. I mean, he was vague. He was vague on purpose. But I certainly understand that. Uh, Jay Billis is going to join us coming up, talk about what's happened. And, man, TNT and CBS got to be thrilled that Duke and North Carolina will be in the Final Four playing each other. Given it's this year and it's Coach K, I can't think of a better scenario. Duke and North Carolina. If only they could have made it the national title game. You know, for Coach K, maybe CBS will do that. <laughs> uh, we're going to reseed this, and it's uh, Duke and North Carolina playing in the national title. Well, wait a minute. You got Villanova and Kansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, that's kind of the runner-up game. Yeah, boy. And you got those coaches. Kansas, Bill Self, Jay Wright at Villanova. These guys can coach, man. And give credit to Hubert Davis. I mean, he'd just taken the job. And they got better and better and better. And that's what's scary. But so is Duke. Duke has gotten better. But I'll let Billis tell us about that. He's the expert. He'll join us coming up. And as I mentioned, Kevin Frazier, who was covering the Academy Awards for Entertainment Tonight. <laughs> will join us coming up in a little less than an hour from now. Yes, Paul. I, I was watching last night and you know uh, ABC goes off the air and you're just jonesing for a live after show or some type of live second screen show around the Oscars because you had to go to like to E and they were just joking about outfits and stuff like that. You, know, you wish there was like cameras at the parties, the after parties and mm. hear what people are talking about. And I've been to the Academy Awards one year. This was Saving Private Ryan. And, uh, I And you had to decide which party you were going to go to. And we went to a party where saving, it was the Saving Private Ryan party. Tom Hanks won. Saving Private Ryan did not win. And I remember it was almost like you were at a funeral. Because you're going, well, there's Tom Hanks. He's got his Academy Award, but nobody else is celebrating. And it was like, hey, Tom, you know. And I remember 
The other one was, uh, what was the Gwyneth Paltrow movie, Shakespeare in Love? I'm not aware of that movie. So, of course you're not. And my wife said, well, we should go to that party instead. I said, no, you know, this is a big, you know, Shakespeare in Love won. And I do love love. And you know I love Gwyneth Paltrow. I've got all of the goop. (laughs) And World War II movies, okay, come on. Yeah. How many times you get to see a World War II movie? Oh, boy, it was bad. Because Shakespeare and Love won, and then we were at this other party. And I, I remember this, a simple plan, the Billy Bob Thornton movie. Bill Paxton? Which is a, yeah. a great movie. Bridget Fonda, it's a great movie. And I'm there talking to a guy who's an actor, and I apologize for not remember his name. He's the guy who got shot with a shotgun. Uh, and uh, so well, I spent 30 minutes at this party talking because it, it was, it was kind of quiet in there. Not much celebrating. And even though you're seeing people walking by and you go, I think that's in that. Yeah, Paulie. In the movie A Simple Plan, not to give it away, one of the characters gets, little guy gets shot with a shotgun. Yeah. It's the actor, Ear Muffet, if you haven't seen it, Bill Briscoe. Yes. Yeah. Brent, I'm sorry, Brent Briscoe. Yes. Character actor, longtime character yes. actor. Yes. That's who I talked to at the party for about 30 minutes. Couldn't have been nicer. Very independent of you. Yes, it was. But I didn't, like, I was just trying to talk to somebody just to say I was talking to somebody. And I, I didn't remember him. And then he came up and started talking to me. And then I realized he's the guy who got shot with a shotgun. Well, there's only so much time you can spend talking to somebody who gets shot with a shotgun in a movie like that. Like, how did it feel? Did you have any great moments? Did that hurt when they <laughs> shot you? Did that hurt? Did you they... think Bridget Fonda was pretty? Yeah, I, I, I didn't do well there. You know, it's, I don't do well with small talk, certainly with, uh, you know, Hollywood people. All right, let me take a break. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. Jay Billis will join us coming up. And then Kevin Frazier in an hour from now, recapping the Academy Awards. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about real rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty. Uh, You know, preferably you have somebody who's going to be there when you need them. And uh, you get rewarded for cashback match. Discover matches all the cashback you earn at the end of your first year automatically. Dollar for dollar because when it comes to rewards, you can't go wrong with cashback. Finally, rewards, that makes sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Spent way too much time talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock. But how can you not? I don't know if there's a sports analogy with that. Of all those ESPYs that I went to, all of those years, we never had any drama like that, that somebody was upset that they didn't win an ESPY. And, you know, Dennis Miller, uh, who else? Norm MacDonald, like they took shots at these sports figures. And you'd think an athlete is really competitive. They'd want to go up there and get physical there. Jay Billis joining us, the ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Did you watch what happened at the Academy Awards last night, Jay? 
I just saw it on social media, and uh, the, the the there were two things that popped out to me. One was was in the sports context. The only thing I could think of was Jim Everett going after Jim Rome. Oh. Actually, that was on our on ESPN Air, I think, yeah. when Jim Rome had a had a TV show on ESPN two, I think. And then the other was when David Stern almost took a swing at you during the NBA draft. That is true. Uh, I think he really if he was within <laughs> reach, that would have been a slap. Good call with Romy and uh, and Jim Everett. Chris Everett. Yeah, yeah that, that was so ridiculous. Like, like, we, like we, we don't know that professional athletes can kick our ass anytime they want to. <laughs> we, we know. Uh, you are 15th in our bracket challenge. Your final four, Arizona, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Wisconsin. Uh, how do you explain yourself, Jay? Uh, well, there's one area where I was right, Dan, and that is before the tournament started, I had said that there was nobody truly powerful this year like we had last year with Gonzaga and Baylor. Uh, so I felt like there was going to be some volatility, but, but I think I said there were eight teams only that could win this thing. And that was it. And there are a bunch of teams that can get through their bracket, get to an elite eight that can happen. Uh, now, did I see St. Peter's coming? No. And would I have like, if they, if they replayed that, if they put that back on the board, Kentucky, St. Peter's, and I knew the outcome, I still might take Kentucky because <laughs> it seems so crazy that that would happen. But, but, um, but I really, I really believe that that our sweet 16 this year was 13 power conference teams, Gonzaga and Houston, both in the final four last year. And the only real little guy was St. Peter's. And so while, while we were celebrating St. Peter's and we should, and we should, we'll always remember that and always celebrate it. You know, the idea that it's that, that anybody can win this thing, anybody can win a game. And anybody can can get through a bracket if something happens in your bracket, but winning the whole thing is a different ball game. And uh, and I think I think we see that in the final four that we have. Yeah, because I've said this before that we sort of love those stories, we love the madness, but it's really hard to win six consecutive games unless you play in a conference where you're playing tough opponents every single night and you're going to go against different styles. St. Peter's a wonderful team, and they were sort of creating you know, the atmosphere that you had to adapt to them. But, you know, eventually you're going to run into these teams. I mean, North Carolina, that's a damn good team. And I think we missed the headline when they beat North Carolina or beat Duke at uh, Duke with Coach K's last game. Because I kept I came away going, nobody's talking about North Carolina's performance. They're talking about how could Duke lose at home. For those who haven't seen North Carolina, how would you explain that? Well, as you know, they have a new coach this year, Hubert Davis, his first year as a head coach, but but he's 50 years old and has been in the game forever. And he's got a crazy experience in basketball. <clears throat> and I think early on, they had a, a different way of playing than Carolina's played in the past. It's more a spread offense, a lot of ball screens, uh, pick and roll stuff, pick and pop stuff. And they've got a stretch four in Brady Manick, who transferred in from Oklahoma, who knocks down threes. So it's not the traditional Carolina team that pounds you inside with two traditional low post guys and they, they pound the glass. And people seem to forget that Carolina, they got into the tournament last year, but Wisconsin blew their doors off in the first round. I mean, they beat them by like 30. So it wasn't like, like Hubert Davis inherited this great team. Uh, so early on, they struggled. And when they played really good teams like Purdue, Tennessee, Villanova, they got beat bad like 20 point losses. And, uh, and at one point in their losses, they were given up over 90 points a game. 
And it was probably toward the end of January, Dan, where they started to bow up and fight back. And I think Hubert Davis, I, I remember him telling me this before the that last Duke game in Cameron, Coach K's last game in Cameron. He said he had told the team, I think it was some sort of Bible verse. You can tell how much I'm reading the Bible these days. But but it, it, he said he said we have to plant our feet, stand our ground, and fight. And that's the that's who they've been ever since. And uh, and they're they're very good. They're not playing like an eight seed. I know that. Uh, and they're formidable because they have size. And, and they made St. Peter's look frankly like a MAC team, uh, which they didn't look like against Purdue and in Kentucky and Murray State. They looked they looked a lot better than that. And Carolina made them look pretty average. I mean, they they scored they they didn't even score fifty points in that game. Didn't even threaten to score fifty. Uh, Carolina took them apart. It was it wasn't even close. I thought maybe that final game at Cameron Indoor for that Duke team, the moment was too big for them. And, and maybe they didn't understand the enormity of it. And, and it, you know, you're almost giving 100 points up to North Carolina. It feels like they're growing up right before our very eyes where they do understand the magnitude of this, that they know the next game could be the last game for Coach K. Because, man, in the final five minutes of some of these games, they hit big shots. They, I mean, Coach K, you could hear the emotion. Like he's watching them grow up before his very eyes. Yeah, it, it's there. There's, there's part of this, Dan, that's kind of hard to explain because I don't think it was just the last game against North Carolina. I mean, you know, commentators like me had been saying earlier in the year, this is an old school defensive team, Duke defensive team, you know, getting out and passing lanes, disrupting. And, you know, you look at their numbers and you go, and they, they don't force any turnovers at all, really. Um, they, they, they were a very low turnover forcing team. I mean, they're, they're good defensively, but they weren't great. And especially toward the end of the year, I mean, they, they got taken apart by North Carolina in the second round, or excuse me, in that last game. And then they went to the ACC tournament and I don't think they played very well there at all. Like, you know, they beat, they beat Syracuse and Miami and then, and then they got taken apart pretty good by, by Virginia tech, which Carolina did too. But uh, but they didn't look good. And I didn't have them advancing past Texas Tech in the bracket because of how they looked and how I felt they were playing. And I know I wasn't alone in that. So your point about growing up before our eyes, I think they probably did some growing up in practice when they got back from uh, from Brooklyn, from the ACC tournament. But but they're playing like if you were blindfolded the whole year and dropped into the postseason only in the NCAA tournament, you just watch tournament games. Like I would say they've looked the best of any team in the tournament. Like nobody's played consistently as well as they have through the four games that have been played. Now that doesn't mean it's going to carry over to next week. And honestly, I can't imagine, you know, how all the baggage of Duke Carolina playing in the semifinal and and all the attention that's going to go with that is going to affect play and, and affect the winner in the championship game. Cause there's one of those two teams is going to the title game. And uh, and I wouldn't mind being Kansas right now, saying uh, you guys go have your little Hatfield McCoy <laughs> match and go go to as many overtimes as you want. We'll play the JV game and see on Monday night, and and, and quietly go into that. Because how many times have we seen this where we think the de facto champions playing in one semi, the winner that's gonna gonna win the thing, or or one gets more attention, and then and then a team out of the other bracket winds up winning. What's well, like the ALCS when the Red Sox in '04 beat the Yankees, and then we thought, well. They're, of course, going to win the World Series, which they did against the Cardinals, but we thought that was the World Series. We're talking to Jay Billis, who's uh, joining us on the program. Um, I have to admit, I saw, I tuned in during commercial break, and I saw the commercial with Spike Lee 
and uh, Barkley's in there and Samuel L. Jackson. And then it's Jim Nance with the bald head. I thought it was you for a second. Do you take that as a compliment? I think Jim should. <laughs> you got a, a nice noggin. See, I, I don't. I, if I go bald, it's not going to look good. But uh, I think it would look good. No, I, I think no, you're I no. think you're undervaluing the power of the dome. And, you know, I, I, I tried to hang on to it for as long as I could. And I, I never got to any comb over stage or anything like that, but tried to keep a little stubble up there. And then I finally said, you know what, I'm bald and I got to live with it. And I didn't want to have the wraparound hair that mm. that old guys do, yeah. you know, when you when you're completely, uh, you know, completely bald up top. But you got a little got a little wraparound thing, whatever they call that. Uh, I didn't want to do that. So I don't care. Uh, clearly, I don't care what I look like anymore. <laughs> and uh, and my wife claims she's not going anywhere. So mm. uh, uh, I figured what the hell. And, and it is easier. Like, it's so much easier than uh, than it used to be. But if you could have a full head of hair, but you were five nine, oh, I take that in two seconds for for two reasons. One, because hair is great. I mean, I really enjoyed hair, and uh, and I still have it in a baggie in my <laughs> bathroom drawer, and I look at it every once in a while. But the other part is, I'm six foot eight inches tall, and finding pants is not an easy thing. Oh. I would like to be able to go into a store and just get a pair of pants, but every time I walk into a store and, and look at pants, they're like, nope, not going to happen. And uh, uh, so I'd, I'd like to be able to get a pair of pants. I would just wear your warm-ups from Duke. Those don't fit anymore. Th- those were a little tight back in the day. Ooh. And uh, my, my kid wore them for Halloween one year, and, uh, and it was grotesque. Um, I can't believe the crap we wore, like the little short shorts and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, it, was not, it wasn't a good look. Did you ever get punched on the floor? I got elbowed a bunch. Um, I don't know that I ever, no, I never got punched. I did, Rick Barnes reminds me of this all the time. Uh, we played against George Mason my freshman year and a guy named Carlos Yates, who I think at the time was leading the nation in scoring, elbowed me in the face and knocked my front two teeth out. And because it was over the Christmas break, I couldn't get him replaced right away. So when my teammates and I would go out, the drinking age was 18 back then in North Carolina, where we'd go out at night during the, the holiday break. Um, all my teammates would in- introduce me to good looking girls, uh, like, Hey, meet my friend Jay. And I'm like, really, you know, and, and I look like a, I look like a, a hockey player. It was really bad. <laughs> you didn't meet your wife then, did you? I met her after that, after I got my teeth fixed, I, I met my wife and, uh, but, but I had hair back then. I had yeah. a lot going for me. You had good hair. I had great hair. Yeah. It was spectacular. Yeah, it was. You go back to the white shadow when you make your cameo. Man, you that 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 guy killed back then. He slayed back then. Surfer hit. Yeah, I, I don't really call it a cameo, Dan. It was really a starring <laughs> role. I played Larson of Oak Ridge High, where Reese transferred to Oak Ridge, uh, uh, an all-white high school. And uh, it, it was really moving when he took his uniform off at the end and went back to Carver while we were warming up. Uh, and I, I thought all those guys, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I thought all the actors in that were around our age. I was like 16, maybe, um, and when we did that. And, uh, and all, all of them were like smoking during breaks. They were all like in their 30s. And none of them could play dead. The only guy that could play was the actor that played Coolidge. All the other guys were, were, were actors only and could not play at all. Great to catch up with you, as always. And uh, you'll be calling the games uh, ESPN International? 
Yes, I've been working on all my different languages and uh, my NIL deals in Latvia are coming in. You wouldn't believe it. It's, it's unbelievable. I'm very proud of you, Jay. You've come a long way. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, Dan. That's Jay Billis, ESPN College basketball analyst. He'll be calling the games for ESPN International. Yes, Paul. I was shocked by his answer. 5'9 and great hair or 6'7 and Jay has a very nice skull and bald. I think more people would be, want to be 6'7 and bald. I, you know, I've been around guys who are really tall, and I feel bad for them. Because when you're playing and, and people care about you and accommodate you, it's when you're done and you're 7'4". Like, if, I'm, if you said 6'7", like, 6'6 six, six is as far as I would want to go. But you get to be 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and I still go back to what Bill Walton uh, never fully admitted to me, but he's listed at 6'11". He was always 6'11". And I stood next to Bill, and I said, Bill, you're not 6'11". He goes, yes, I am. And he said, I, if you were a seven-footer, you were considered a freak. And he said, I would always say I was 6'11". I think Bill's close to 7'2". Couple of phone calls in here. Best and worst of the weekend. Todd in Illinois joining us. Hi, Todd. Hey, good morning. I love your show, guys. Uh, best of the weekend for me is that the Cardinals re-signed Albert Pujols for one year. I get to see him and Molina uh, one last run. I know they're not going to do anything, but it may be fun to see. Um, the worst of the weekend, the St. Louis Cardinals signed Albert Pujols, and I know we're not going to do anything because they signed Albert Pujols. So. Yep. Uh, and I had a poll question oh. suggestion for you, and mine is, do you think that the events last night were staged? No. No. In the moment, I thought this is there's something going on between these two. but And, and you see Will laughing, and then he realizes his wife is not. And then all of a sudden, he goes up there. Now I'm thinking, okay, he's got to defend her honor. How do you defend her honor? And then he takes a, a slap at him, and then you hear it. And I go, oh, that's not staged. And then Rock is trying to laugh, but also trying to process this. Like, what, what the hell just – we're at the Academy Awards. And then Will starts swearing and yelling. Now, the first time he says it, the crowd's laughing. They think it's a skit. And then you realize it wasn't. So, no, I don't think that was scripted. We'll talk to Kevin Frazier, top of the hour. He was there last night for entertainment tonight. Uh, Albert Pujols spent 11 years with the Cardinals. They spent $114 million on him. In those 11 years, he had Rookie of the Year, three MVPs, top five, 10 times, nine All-Star games, and uh, six uh, Silver Slugger Awards. That's what you got in 11 years. Now, he's a Hall of Famer with those 11 years. Seven playoff appearances. Two titles. The Angels, nine years, $194 million. He was in one All-Star game and never finished higher than 17th in the MVP voting awards. So he became an, maybe a little better than an average player. Yeah, I think the Cardinals bringing him back home. You got your bargain with Albert Pujols, and you bring him back home. Yeah, it's kind of a nice way to end a career, yeah, Pauling? Remember that was a big deal in the time we were on the air, and people thought out of loyalty, all of the, Albert Pujols did, the Cardinals should set him up. And when they let him go, people were pretty salty. Like, what are the Cardinals doing? The Cardinals haven't won a World Series since, but they've been to seven playoffs since uh, they let Albert Pujols go. The only way you validate Albert Pujols with the Angels was winning a World Series. 
And, you know, that's that's what they were trying to do. Um, they didn't get close. But with Pujols, you had to give him that money for him to leave. I think the Angels made the Cardinals' decision really easy. It's like, we'd love to keep you, but we can't match that kind of money. And he took the money. First ballot Hall of Famer. Terrence in Texas. Hey, Terrence, best and worst of the weekend. Hey, Dan, thanks for taking my call. Uh, worst of the weekend, watch my Red Raiders lose to uh, Duke. Man, that's, I, I'd love to see Coach K go out on top now. Um, I have a question after this about that. Uh, my best of the weekend is watching uh, Texas's new daddy, Kurt Wilson, uh, walk off steal uh, in the 10th inning on Friday and then a walk off grand salami on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it was a fantastic time to watch Texas Tech absolutely own the University of Texas. Yeah, I watched the highlights of that. Uh, stole home to win the game and then had a grand slam to win the game after that. Nick in Iowa, then we'll take a break. Hi, Nick. Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, a couple uh, best for the weekend. Um, Entertainment-wise, nobody else is going to talk about the Oscars unless the Will Smith, uh, Chris Rock slap happened, but uh, the tournament was uh, the best. Uh, the games were very close, very good, except for yesterday. Uh, in the worst of the weekend, unfortunately, the passing of uh, Taylor Hawkins, uh, Foo yeah. Fighters. He's such a great, um, uh, a great musician, and uh, sad to see him. Thanks for up. the phone call, Nick. Never saw the Foo Fighters in concert, but I knew that he had an incredible reputation with fellow drummers. Died at the age of 50. And it's one of those where you see the headline, and it said, you know, Taylor Hawkins' best performances. And I thought, wait, what, why are they talking about his best performances? And then you read and then you realize he's passed away at age 50. And uh, they were in South America, I think, getting ready to perform, do a show. But, uh, yeah, that one, uh, that one was pretty shocking. All right, we'll come back. Our best and worst of the weekend. And uh, once again, we'll check in with Kevin Frazier, the uh, host of Entertainment Tonight. He was at the Academy Awards last night. Get his thoughts on what happened and then what happened at the after parties. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon, Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Mike check. If you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture you will not find anywhere else to make your next move your best move and tap in with me on kj live wherever you get your podcast from now thompson the leading goal scorer for buffalo tied down with skinner a steal by cop cop comes in cop to lafreniere down the middle That was the first overtime winner for the Rangers. First round pick from 2018. MSG Network is the courtesy there. 
Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Somebody who understands your issues works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Uh, Some uh, reaction to what happened at the Academy Awards last night. Kendrick Perkins of The Mothership. Y'all can say what y'all want about Will Smith, but need to learn that a lot of people don't play about their wife or children. Real talk. Chandler Jones got in one little fight and we all got scared. Steph Curry. That was loud, like a slap on the other channel. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Any other reaction? Uh, Deion Sanders weighing on that as well. (laughs) It's like everybody got an opinion on this. Um, The uh, writer, Nicole Arbach. Weird that Will Smith wasn't immediately ejected for targeting and forced to miss the first half of next year's Oscars. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right. Bradley Beal smacked the taste right out of his mouth. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he slapped that boy... Uh, FR, or am I tripping? Uh, here's uh, Deion Sanders. Did I just see what I just saw? Will Smith punched Chris Rock live on stage. Somebody tell me this was a joke, please. Chris took it like a stand-up guy, literally. Wow, wow, wow. Lord, help us. Please help us love each other, especially in front of company. <laughs> Could have said that an hour earlier would have helped. <laughs> Uh, Especially in front of company. It's yeah, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not in front of company? Then, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Uh, let's see. A couple more phone calls here. Uh, Tammy in Michigan. Hi, Tammy. What's on your mind today? Hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm Tam. good. Thank you. Yep. Five foot 122. I just got to say, if anybody called me G.I. Jane or compared me to her, I'd be honored because her body rocks. Oh, she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Demi Moore at G.I. Jane? I'd be like, hell yeah. Bring it on. I know Chris didn't understand the condition that he had, the alo- that she has the alopecia, that she's losing her, her hair. I'm guessing that he did not know that. But, yeah, if you said uh, your wife looks like Demi Moore in G.I. Jane, you know, on surface, you're going, all right, pretty good. And then... It's just one of those where you have you ever laughed at a joke and then your wife's not laughing and then you realize that you got to stop laughing. <laughs> it's like, you're, <laughs> <clears throat> he better stop saying that or I'm going to go up on stage. Why don't you go up on stage? I'm going on stage. Yes, he especially. It's especially tough when your first instinct to just about everything is to laugh first. You know what I mean? Like if I feel uncomfortable or awkward, I'm like, (laughs) something's funny. (laughs) Something's sad. (laughs) You just kind of laugh first. And I'm like, well, how do I react to this? (laughs) Yes, Paulie. But then you had that car ride from Tim and Becky's house home and it's it's dead silence. And all your wife's like, so Tim's a funny guy, huh? He he can be. But he I mean, he he, you know, when he went over the edge and, uh, you know, the next time I see him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Yeah. Why don't you give him a piece of your fist? Well, no, that's not how I am. You know, I just I, I'm a vessel here on this earth and I'm just here to love people. I am overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of angles to this, but I feel like you hijack the moment there for that next award and also for all the great work that was done with that movie. 
and Venus and Serena telling their story. Yes, Todd. And it's Chris Rock, you know, so that's you got to weigh that in a little bit. He's a comedian. It's not like Adrian Brody said it. Then it's like, whoa, was this guy taking shots at my wife? It's Chris Rock. But Adrian Brody is not going to deliver a line like that. Nobody's going, man, Adrian Brody's going to do stand up. Can't wait. Great actor. But you're not there to hear Adrian Brody. How many times does somebody serious get up there and they make a joke? They usually don't. They 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 stare straight ahead at that prompter and they read. You can watch their their head moving. They're going line by line. Don't want to screw this up. Yeah, Paul. Amy Schumer was up there earlier and she's talked about the different movies and she's like how great it is that there's a. She said something like, "It's great to see a movie about strong women and it's great that Hollywood made a movie about Venus and Serena Williams' dad." <laughs> dad. Troy in Utah. Hi, Troy. What's on your mind today? Dan, first time, long time. Appreciate the call. Well, thank you, first Troy. Off, you called six, me. Six, yeah, that's true. <laughs> six one one ninety five. Okay. Nine and a half. All right. <clears throat> if I can add one more thing, April fifth of the two thousand twenty-two Dan Patrick calendar. Oh. My best okay. is. I mean, Jay Billis to the Bald Club. And apparently Jada. And also, I have a mock headline theme song, if you're ready. Sure, why not? Here we go. Mock. Yeah. Head. Yeah. No, 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 no. We've, no, we already, we already did mock Mockingbird. It's like what started it. Yeah, that's, that's how I started this. I, I went into the room of the big German, and he went, mock, yeah. And I went, headline, yeah. And then I came out, and I said, Todd, mock headline theme songs. Let's go. Keep yeah. up, Troy. Yeah. You're better than that, Troy. <laughs> Get it Just trying to call in like I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I saw this from uh, Vic Tafer, who covers the Raiders for the Athletic. Josh McDaniel said the Raiders are trying to build around Derek Carr as far as extension talks, Derek's going to have to make decisions about what's best for him, and we want to try to do what's right for our team. There will be a sweet spot in there, hopefully, for everybody. Okay, now I like this. This is where if you're Derek Carr, you go, okay, I don't want to price myself out of here. I'm with my college teammate in Devontae Adams. We went to the playoffs. We can build on this. Let's not get greedy. Maybe you get that sweet spot around 30 $32 million? $34 million? I like that. Close out the second hour with our friends from Sleep Number. How did you sleep last night? Good quality sleep is important, but so is getting enough sleep. Sleep duration is how long you slept compared to your sleep goal, which should be somewhere between seven and nine hours as recommended by sleep experts. And I include Sleep Number in with those sleep experts. Because sleepers who routinely use their Sleep Number 360 smart bed features get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year. What could you do with all of that time? That energy you get. 100 hours proven quality sleep. Spend more time with the family outside. Reconnect with nature. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? 
Because every great day starts with the night before. And now save up to $800 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds just for a limited time. Go in and ask about Sleep IQ technology. How do I get my Sleep Number? You can uh, connect with them at Sleep Number. Go to a Sleep Number store or go to sleepnumber.com slash Patrick.